All right, so welcome to another edition of the Political Evangelist. I'm Demi Fawahimi, and joined with my good friend Jacob Farr. Uh, Jacob, the way we're going to start this episode, as you know, is that we're going to discuss the recent local elections which took place last week. Um, some really interesting things cropped up, and we might be a little bit late to the party, but I think you know, whenever actually no, we're never late to the party. We just discuss it when we want. So uh, yeah, that's the thing, mate. we let we let the dust settle. Exactly. Is- that was what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to speak about it the next day and then something interesting comes up or someone says something interesting. So I think, yeah, I think now is the perfect time to discuss it. Uh, everything's clearly laid out. We've got all the stats and we know how we feel about it and we know how the rest of the country feels about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, it showed some interesting things. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, man, 100%. But it's sort of, apart from UK being obliterated, I think it was pretty much what everyone predicted. Mm. Well, uh, I didn't expect Conservative to pick up that many seats, if I'm honest. I was surprised by that. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of what you've been hearing all the time from the media. But yeah, like I'd say in council elections, you were expecting them to do nowhere near as well as they were doing, but make like all of their gains at national level. Yeah. Um, like the general election kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it was amazing. I mean, amazing to, we, we were literally just talking about, we had to get the numbers up just to see the, the, the sheer size yeah. of what the game, I think it's 563 seats. It's phenomenal. I mean, just <laughs> how, I wouldn't say poorly, but how much of a fight Labour didn't put up was what surprised me, because I was like, you know what, maybe Labour's got something in them, maybe enough people don't support the Conservatives at the moment that Labour could, you know, surprise us, but not at all. Wasn't the case whatsoever and it just, you know, Labour pretty much came second and um just were obliterated by the Conservatives. Yeah, I mean like um I think it's interesting as well to sort of bear in mind a lot of the a lot of the of course these Labour people would say that, but mm. a lot of the Labour councillors that were running were saying that, like, look, we've fought a campaign over two, say, maybe two years. God knows how long they've, they've, they've been doing it, but they've been focusing on local level kind of government, trying to get out across, trying to run a campaign that's almost like, look, like, doesn't really matter who the leader is because we're representing at local level. He's not really going to be getting, like, involved in that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and what they fear is that with me holding this general election, She's just completely turned the race on its head. Yeah. And there's arguments made that the Conservatives were more prepared for that. You know, yeah. Corbyn's been polling so badly. Like, it was amazing when this guy from Channel 4 News was walking around, um, like, a marketplace in, in southern England. Mm. And he was like, oh, so who are you voting for in that in the council elections? And this guy's like, nah, nah, mate, Jeremy Corbyn, he's got to go this and that. And the boy's like, you do realise you're not voting for Jeremy Corbyn. Then. Yeah. Well, well, that's how, that's how people always vote, though. You you are you might be voting for the MP, but you do feel like when you do vote for your MP, you're voting for their leader and their party and everything that comes with it. So that's why I feel like. Yeah, but I mean, this isn't even an MP; it's a councillor. Like, I agree, but it's it's a statement. This is a statement. This is the British yeah. people making a clear statement to the Conservatives and all the other parties how they feel at the moment and I was I was surprised that this many people feel in favour of the Conservatives 
and you know it was it was just a shock really but i do think that um people are using this as a way to send a message and it's been pretty much loud and clear really yeah i mean majority of people want carbon gone yeah which is, i mean oh gosh it's 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 just i can't believe labor voted him in i really can't i mean it was I goes down to I, I just don't feel people feel they can vote for Jeremy Corbyn I feel like it's a shame but they feel but, they can vote for me <sighs> we've had this discussion several times I, I don't know if it's they feel they can vote for me but I definitely know they feel they can't vote for Corbyn if Corbyn had say Obama's personality I think okay then you're talking even in the eight weeks if Corbyn had Obama's personality, Obama's personality <laughs> I'm just saying if he was more charismatic it would definitely help a lot because the policies he wants, like on paper, make perfect sense. It's what you as a human being would want, but it's just he can't seem to get his message across, and people don't want to hear when he talks, you know, in his monotone voice. I don't know if you can vote for May because I've seen May on the campaign trail, and she's an idiot herself. But I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation because I can't say. Um, people feel they can't elect Corbyn and then I can't say, oh, people feel they can elect May when I know people probably can't. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I get. Like, see the argument for... Say someone comes to me and they're more of a free market ideologist, you know? Mm. They're more about privatisation, more about small government, more about, you know, like, classical libertarian kind of views. And I'd be like, all right, mate, like, I understand why you're voting for Theresa May. Mm. But this issue is just we've got people in some of the poorest areas of the UK now voting for a party that is systematically destroying them mm. and has been for years. So it starts becoming, right, do we not trust this guy that with a logical, analytical brain, you can know he never had a shot from the beginning because the books and daggers were out. Yeah. Is he genuine or do I vote for a party that goes on about labour increasing the deficit and then trebles it when mm. they're in power. Like, I mean, it becomes difficult when people say, oh, I don't trust God, nah, he's like a socialist, he's this, he's that, and it's like, right, mm. okay, he's not perfect, but is he worse than, say, me? Are we in a situation worse? where is it the lesser of two evils, the same way a lot of people felt during the American election? Yeah, I mean, I think politics is always a battle between lesser of two evils. Cause it's uh, because not necessarily. Sometimes it's a bit clear clear and cut or it's a bit more clear or do you not feel that way i don't know because i mean even in france right now um that's what the big argument was i mean mm. like the investment banker or do you go with, like um i know we'll come on to it later do you go with the investment banker or do you go with the fascists? yeah like i mean it's 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 similar in the uk it's like right do you go with the died in the world socialist mm. or do you go with the neoliberal marketeer like yeah. it's up to you 
when people go, oh man, Labour failed you during the period of Tony Blair and this, that, the next, like, at what point is Jeremy Corbyn Tony Blair? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and you can see the damage of what the Tories are doing right now, but maybe it's something that we touched on earlier, like you were mentioned by the UKIP vote just getting completely wiped off the face of the map. Mm. Well, I think that's exactly... Well, I don't... The UKIP vote is very interesting, but I feel the reason that happened is because I think their job was done and a lot of people uh, realised that and the main thing they fought for was done and I don't think people saw a need for them. The only thing... The only reason I'd say to people is they've made this mess or they've created this situation of Brexit, so you should allow them to come and at least have a say in fixing it for sure but i feel as if people have seen it like you know what you was a uk into independence party and um because after since you've done your job and now we're free from the european union um you guys can go that's how i think people have viewed it how much do you think may's hard brexit approach though is actually contributed to that because, I mean, would they have voted in back That's interesting, yeah. Maybe European if, stance. Yeah. Maybe if May was going for a soft Brexit and people felt like, no, nah, this isn't the Brexit we signed up for, um, UKIP might have stood a better chance. That's actually really interesting. But I guess because she's taken the approach, she's basically taken on the UKIP party's mantra. So after that, it's like, it still goes back to my point that are they really needed in British politics? Well, I mean, not if the Tories are hell-bent on their march to the cliff edge of xenophobia, then no, I don't think they are. Mm. Um, I think that's something that's really interesting now, is with, with you sort of saying that, like, UKIP have just sort of seen, you know, me as the captain of the ship kind of thing. Yeah. Is how sort of worrying is that? Even say that you're a, you're a really sort of guide-in-the-wheel conservative, you're yeah. someone that grew up under Thatcher. You went into the European Union. You're about open borders, open markets. This Conservative Party now is possibly the least Conservative Party we have seen in decades. Mm. Like when you're actually talking about the principles you argue for and the ideology. And I mean, it, it just amazes you of how much to the right the UK must have shifted if these traditional Conservative voters... UKIP voters and yeah. now Labour voters, well, former are now back in are now back in the Tories. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I just can't see why people would be, especially if I don't know. I think they maybe some people are voting on the basis of they feel that in order for it to have stability, they need to give it to the Conservatives so that. Brexit can go through as smoothly as possible and May can have as little opposition as possible so that she can get the best deal. Whereas I think if some people are worried that if they vote too sporadically or if we get a awkward sort of election whereby it's not... Oh, we get... Um, what happened in 2015? The words completely escaped me. Uh, 2015 was a majority. No, no. Hung, hung yeah. If they get, if we get that, it will affect. If we have another hung parliament, it will affect how um, we have to go forward with the Brexit deals greatly. So I think a lot of people might be taking that into consideration and thinking, I'd rather vote Conservative and know going forward that um, know going forward that it's 
that we can allow May to get the best deal possible in peace. But do you honestly believe that people have used like their analytical minds to be able to decipher that conundrum, but can't quite see? <laughs> you know, debt has tripled, or their NHS is in crisis. And but I, I just watched a head teacher there on the evening news on Channel Four, mm. just saying we're going to have the PE teacher teaching science in four years. <laughs> Like, they've had to cut, like, tech classes and graphic design and that for A-levels because they've not got the money. Mm. Well, so how can that... people sort of decipher that, ah, we need to give May a strong hand when she's going in like a kamikaze pilot? I think people think like that, but people don't think like us. So people will think, oh, you know what, it makes sense to support May and give her the necessary utility tools that she needs, which would be a majority... Um, a strong majority to be able to just, you know, steamroll through and get the Brexit she wants and uh, do perform the hard Brexit without any opposition. But I don't think people realise what the Conservatives is doing and how they've tripled the debt and how there's so much cuts going on and everything like that and how it's affecting people's lives. Yeah, see, I'm just... I just find it difficult because I'm not... I'm not hundred percent buying that. That's really what what people think. Um, I think if they can give that much deep thought to that, then they'll see that the course that May's taken is disastrous. I, I'm, Maybe if these people I'm just trying to come up that, with reasons for yeah, why. Yeah, and I see you like a, a, a kind of devil's advocate. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I... it's very difficult to believe that these people <laughs> are using that. Is there thinking and thinking, oh no, you know what, we need a strong hand in Brexit actually, screw our own economy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just, I, it goes back to what was, I can't see why, I'm just so surprised that Labour, I mean, Conservative won by this much of a landslide. It was a real shock to me. I thought Labour was going to put up more of a fight. Even if you don't like Corbyn, I thought they were, I felt like Labour was gaining enough ground, or at least. Um, getting enough support to maybe put up a fight, but not at all. It's not the case, and they lost seats. So I don't know how we've got to this situation. I'm just trying to think what the British people could be thinking. Let's destroy our country. That's quite <laughs> evidently what they've been thinking for the last women ten odd years. Like, mm. I mean, it's just madness how we've like sort of managed to come to this conclusion as a country that we're going to throw our weight behind a woman who didn't think Brexit was a good idea and who's going against her own prior judgment in this kamikaze uh, way that she would rather cut off her nose to spite her own face and give Brussels anything. Like, I find it very difficult after that to see that the... But did you think she was going to come in and do a soft Brexit? Because, I, I mean, that, that was one thing I always felt. The thing is, when people voted on Brexit, it was... Brexit is such a uh, a basic question. It doesn't have much merit to it. I just felt like, what is Brexit? How... What how we what sort of Brexit are we going to get, you know? Are we going to... vote. Yeah, I agree. But it was like, what sort of Brexit are... We, people didn't know what sort of Brexit they wanted. So now she's been forced into... I guess having to make the hard Brexit because that's what it felt like the majority want. No one wanted 
um, it to be a soft one and, you know, go in half-hearted. It seemed like people wanted her to be strong and go for the um, hard Brexit. And she didn't have any choice, even though she was adamant against it. Yeah, but I mean, even say, what was it like, what, 51.9 against? It was like mm. 48.1 or something in the uh, in the referendum. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look like a fool if that doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, um, after all of these kind of things that she's been taking, like, I just thought for a lot of people, seeing her elected to the head of the Tory party, they thought, right, you know what? She wasn't hard Brexit. She wasn't like a Gove. She wasn't a Johnson. It was like, you know, she was very much, she'll be a sensible head on this. Yeah. So for people to then see that, see that evolve, see the sort of Brexit opinions that say Labour have, Lib Dem have, mm. I can, I honestly do not believe that a majority of this country wants a hard Brexit. I think it's a minority. Because mm. when you look at the population percentage that showed out, showed up like the they could vote mm. for Brexit. There was a lot of people left at home. Mm. And most often than not, people be like, oh, we don't know what way they vote. Well, we do, because they're demographically, they're young. Yeah. They're normally students. They're normally things. They're normally feeling to disenfranchise. They probably would have voted to stay in. Yeah. What's this disastrous Brexit campaign from me? And you start thinking, surely the majority of the population, we've seen how the pound's weakening, seeing how things are sort of just teetering on the brink at the moment, and we have not even, like, we've not even left yet. Mm. That's what annoys me. A lot of people are like, oh, the economy's not went disastrous yet. Yeah, it's not, because we've not left yet. We've not agreed our divorce bill. We've not agreed anything else. We don't know if we'll be paying 30 40% tariffs on the EU. Yeah. That's what they were warning about. Now people are like, oh, isn't that bad? Yes, because you're still in the EU until last month. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to article, trigger Article 50. Mm. And even then, all we've seen is posturing yeah, I agree. one side of the channel to the other. I just can't believe that a majority of this country wants a hard Brexit. I just feel... I, I think that's how she she probably feels that the people want a hard Brexit and because of that, that's, maybe that's not the case, but she feels that that's what she has to do, that the majority want a hard Brexit. Because you look at people, everyone was like, nah, she can't go for a soft one. Like, she has to stand firm. And, you know, a lot of people on TV and stuff like that were like, they were adamant that she has to remain strong and go for it and definitely go about Brexit in a way that will that they felt was strong and hard enough. So I feel she's been put in a difficult position and that's why she's gone the way of hard Brexit. But to say that, I think a lot of people are voting maybe in a particular way because of stability. So it's the easy option. She's already there. Um, Most incumbents um, tend to get re-elected anyway. So... It just makes sense, I think, especially because we're going through a hard time as a country. I don't think anyone wants to make it even harder by electing someone that would potentially mess it up or we'll just have to go through it all over again, a whole new ideology. I think maybe people are just fed up and because of that, they're just going with what they already know. So rather than 
sort of try and salvage a situation, people would just rather die a quick death. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some people also view it as the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yeah, but I mean, me, someone we don't know. I mean, other than, I mean, in a, you're going on our experience as Home Secretary, possibly one of the most hated officials in Cameron's cabinet. Mm. You then say that she wasn't even elected in the Conservative Party. She was anti-Brexit. Yeah. When you start looking at all the different little moves and actors and shakers and stuff like that, she gets like, the way that they've had all these sort of calamities that we've discussed on earlier podcasts or like council funding and everything like that, there's nothing stable about the woman. Yeah. She has decided to call a general election one month after a council election just... just to mess up everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing stable about that. The reason she is trying to do that is because, you know, talks on the EU would would probably finish around about a year after, mm. um, or a year before, I think, the Conservatives would have to run for re-election. Yeah. So the Conservatives are apparently very keen to, you know, get get that done. But, I mean, for stability-wise, for us everyday people, I don't know how you can look at that Conservative party and go, you know what, strong and stable. <laughs> well, it's... I mean, you could argue it's even more strong and stable than Labour, who have a lot of infighting and don't trust their own leader. So I just feel it's definitely a tough situation, man. I I don't even know how... It's only a few weeks away, and I still don't know how I'm going to vote, you know? And it's just so tricky, because it's just a particular situation that really sucks to be in, because you don't know if you're going to vote one way, or you don't know how... You don't know the right way to vote. It's not clear. It's not... It's not it's not an easy decision for anyone, I think. And I think Are you considering May? I'm not necessarily considering May, but I'm just thinking about all the options, you know? And I think for sure it's not easy. I don't know about Cor I don't know how to feel about Corbyn, I don't know how to feel about Syriza, but I think I don't know. It's a tough one. I can see why people are voting the way they're voting. But you just but, don't believe enough people think that way, isn't it? Damn it, like, don't get me wrong, like, me included, we are all idiots, man. Mm. Like, we are just wandering around this planet with no idea. Yeah. Like, we've just got no clue. And mm. I mean, you can just see it by our different... I mean, <laughs> obviously democracy is the way forward, but when you think about the decisions we're making, yeah. like, it Do does we... make you wonder. Yeah. And people will think the same way about me when I come out maybe with, with some of the things that I, uh, I back and everything like that. Like, I just think we're in such a time now where our social media, like we've discussed, is just filtered the block folk out. Yeah. Everything's just, like, we've almost evolved too quickly now to be able to keep up with what's going on in our everyday lives. And that has just made politics so easily corrupted. For sure. Um, it's and a, I'm just, it's such a shame. I just don't have 
Sometimes you just yeah. wish it was a clear vote, but it's not. It's really not because you got one hand where they you got the Labour Party. They don't even trust their own leader. They've had two leadership elections within such a short space of time. Their leader who they've got now wasn't even all that enthusiastic, and he's not a hard person to get behind. And I think in the modern era, it's part of being a good leader. Do you look the part? Do you? fit the part, that's that whole thing. It's something we shouldn't do, but it's something we do. I know you probably don't do that, but like the regular people do, unfortunately. And then you've got May, who is just ridiculous. I, I've watched her campaign trail, and it's been more funny than it has been serious. And I just feel even the Conservatives, they've got their own problems. And it are people just going to vote on the basis of it's the easy vote, the, you know, and... Is it just better to stick with who's already in power? It's just a lot of variables to think about. And I think a the large ed- problems with media as well, really, yeah. when you start talking like that. Because mm. um, obviously you, because you watch obviously a lot of media and stuff like that, you can see that Corbyn's party is very unstable at the moment. And mm. then you watch me and you're like, oh my God, she's just about as uncharismatic as what he is. Yeah. Like you can see that, but say every day your news is the tea time news. Mm. Never really goes in depth, pretty unbiased, definitely not favourable to Corbyn. Um but I'd probably say it's pretty good at being unbiased. Yeah. Um and then you have some read like the the Sun, mm. the Daily Mail, um the the Daily Star, all these sort of tabloid papers that like I can't remember was it that uh, the guy that got banned for um, writing that article on Ross Barkley. Yeah, in the Sun. Um, yeah, in the Sun. It's something McKenna. Like it might be Gavin McKenna. Yeah, it's definitely remember. something like that. Um, but he said he was asked in an interview, "What would be your ideal headline?" And he answers back, "Jeremy Corbyn stabbed to death by asylum seeker." That's ridiculous. That is the most popular newspaper in the country. And they have a voice, which is a problem. And which is why we're looking at, you know, local elections the way we have and people are voting in such an interesting way. Like I said, you know, I, I definitely feel that Labour, um, I didn't expect them to take this much of a beating. And, you know, obviously UKIP is done. Which also surprised me. I didn't think they'd be that done. I knew the party was coming to an yeah. end, but uh, definitely not this quickly. I mean, it's, it's almost done. I don't know how they'll perform in the general election. That'll be interesting to see. Once Nigel went, it was all over. Yeah. That Paul Nuttle, uh, I seen him speak today at a, a conference, and he said that he's going to put a freeze on on all migration. Over zero. So say your your net migration's at zero. Mm. There will be no plus one for five years. So for every person leaving the UK, we will have one coming, but no more. Oh, gosh. That's his proposition for the next five years. But you know what's amazing is this is a party that was extremely popular. Mm. And this is a party that's galvanised, you know, the, the Tories. Yeah. So, I mean, we're saying, ah, oh, the rise of the right. Not really. It seems to be a good old British-American bro-down at the moment. <laughs> he can make, else is. He can make them more... Exactly, that's, and I think that goes quite nicely into what we want to talk about, but I do want to conclude on this. Um, 
everyone else is voting more left. Even though there's a lot of countries whereby they fought the right, the left has won. And it just seems to be Britain and America that has this uh, ongoing fight with the, the left and the right. Where And we've chosen the right. Whereas other countries, particularly European nations who have been voting recently, have voted towards the left. And I mean, all these Americans and British people on the right will tell you, you live in a left-wing dictatorship, man. It's like Maoist China. <laughs> and then it's like, these are the only two countries now with neoliberal, Thatcherite, Reaganite in power. Mm. <laughs> these are the only countries. Well, to just to conclude on the local elections, what do you think it will mean for the general elections? Um, I don't know. I think Conservatives are obviously going to... I, I, I think they could really, really gain a lot of seats, especially in Scotland, because you've seen in the council um, that was a big protest vote. Yeah. see the Conservatives as the union party, so mm. everyone that is anti-independent, I can see, can see them coming out in favour of the Tories. Ah, I wish Labour could recover me, but I could see it being anything from 60 to 100 seats they lose. Wow, that's crazy. What about yourself? Um, I definitely think it just means that we can expect a really strong finish for Conservatives and uh, the it will be May's dream, really. I don't think... I can't see Labour ch- turning this around within six weeks and I can't see... Um, I mean, I just can't see anything changing. I think what we see now is going to be very telling of what we can see going forward and... Yeah, like you said, a very strong UKIP. I mean, a very strong Conservative finish. Stephen, you can barely tell the difference between them now. <laughs> They're the same people. <laughs> well, they really are, because a lot of UKIP members were Conservatives. Yeah, they were. Like, I mean, you've seen it where Douglas Carswell and was it Mark Reckless? Mm. Those two were ex Tories. Yeah. You know, decided to hop over on to the other side, like... Now they're going to look great. <laughs> but... That's what Douglas Carswell said. He was like, he was on the BBC News after the Council election, so obviously he left the party. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, pretty much UKIP's over. <laughs> wow. I guess they just got to be honest with themselves. Oh, he's not a part of them anymore, to be fair. There was other women going, oh, if I had a pound for every time I heard it was over for UKIP, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> well, it is really. I think there's no denying that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ever been this bad. No, yeah, true. But we have to talk about France and everything that's gone on there in the city, in the country or city of love, whatever it is. Um... Was it a shock for you, or how did you feel about it? No, I mean, I think uh, I think ever since Fionn's scandal broke in in February about paying his wife taxes um, illegally and everything like that, the only the only real threat to Macron was um, I'm trying to remember what his name was, and I quite liked him as well. He mm. was that leftist guy that ran, but he got fourth place. Um, I think close to that Hamon. Yeah. In the fourth place. Um, but I mean, I, it was Macron's from about three months ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can see by the percentage he won by, 65%. It's phenomenal. 65? I only seen it when it was down at 59. Wow. 
Nah, it's a, it was a brilliant performance from him. And uh, he did extremely well. And I guess the more uh, left thinking of the two between him and Le Pen, um, it's just interesting to see that, you know, there's certain countries that don't necessarily want to go the way that the other big countries, well, not the other big countries, but us and America have gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Macron's like a Clinton, really. Mm. Like, he's an establishment, economic-driven kind of, you know, leader that has a social conscience. Yeah. Like, um, but one thing that was really interesting in the build-up is it was very, it was almost identical to the way the British president, uh, British, sorry, American presidential race was run. Mm. Obviously, once you had um, the other runners fall out a few weeks ago. Because you then seen a lot of young people and a lot of people on the left refuse to back either of them. Really? Because um, you but had that. Um, what's the po- problem with him being an investment banker? I just don't get it. Well, it's, I can't remember what his first name is, but there's I think he's a Slovenian philosopher. He's called Zizek. You might mm. have seen him on social media and stuff like that. Um, he's been doing the rounds recently. But he was saying that he could almost understand it in a way because it was by electing Macron, you're electing the type of politics that leaves people behind and looks after the wealthy few that in a circular motion then leads to far-right movements like Le Pen Mm. and it becomes a continuing circular motion. So you can vote for Macron and be, ah, he is the lesser of two evils. But then it's like, okay, right, but where are we in five years when no one's got any money? Mm. And the rich keep getting richer because the investment bankers look after their own. Yeah. Like, do you think he'd do that as pre- as president? Maybe that's a mindset he might have had before, but you can't go and you surely can't go into this job with the same mindset that you had before in life. No, well, I mean, he was he was finance minister, I think, um, for Hollande's government. Mm. Um, he was finance minister, I think, for a, a couple of years. Like he knows government, and he was part of the Socialist Party. Like that's um, that's almost like what I'm saying is that he's. He's like he's like Clinton in that sense that he's very business cosy, but mm. we still look after like ethnic minorities and diversity and yeah. you know LGBT rights and everything like that. But he will not tackle the issue with corporate corruption and politics. Yeah, he won't I- do it, and that, according to Zizek, is what then leads to a Le Pen or a Trump. Mm who the people think will deal with it, even though someone like Trump is just... He's just going to help make his own friends richer and keep them wealthy, even though he probably has got the people fooled into thinking he's going to make them richer and wealthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've even seen, like, he's he's opened up, like, a room in the Trump Towers so he can, like, hold, like, the nuclear codes in it. Um. And he was like, oh, it won't bring us any economic benefit. Like, I'm mm. sorry, mate. You tell me there are nuclear codes in somewhere. That place is cool, man. <laughs> I go in there. Like, that is something different. That is something that's mad. So I think you're right. I think he's definitely going to going to make himself powerful, going to make his friends powerful. Like, I, I honestly don't think he makes any of the decisions. I think he's just got his pals like Steve Barry and it's, his son-in-law, I think it's Kusher, mm. all these other people just around him just sort of giving him little snippets and points, and the only time you actually see what he really thinks is Twitter. Yeah. 
just a, such a strange person to be in power. And obviously, his Twitter is where he really speaks his mind. I agree. I've, I don't think he does anything. I don't think he knows what he's doing. Especially when he came out and said, I expected being president to be a lot easier. <laughs> oh man, he's just gold. Did you see um, Macron though sent a message to the scientists and eco campaigners and anyone involved in the environment to mm. come to France? Yeah. Um, because he knows that their their leader doesn't welcome them there, but he'll welcome them here, kind mm. of thing. And I thought that's quite interesting because that's quite provocative to do. And I think he might have sent the video before his election. Like it might be last week or something, but nonetheless, that is quite a provocative action to take with the United States president. Yeah. Who is a stern believer in. He doesn't believe in climate change, isn't it? Well, yeah, he's one of these guys that I think he believes that the earth gets just hotter and colder in cycles, like which it does, just not at the bloody well right that it is now. rate that we're yeah. doing it at. Um, but one thing that is interesting with uh, Macron and say he is going to, going to go head-to-head with Trump is that someone was telling me he had to form his own political party since he was an independent. Mm. So when he actually takes part, uh, takes power, he's got to encourage people from the right and the left who are um, parliamentarians in France to join his party. Wow. Um, or he's also got something like 15,000 applications from the general public um, for roles in his government. Mm. Um, I heard someone describing it as Macron inviting other members from the other parties, like um, Turkey's inviting their pals to a Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an interesting way. <laughs> <I> would... <laughs> That's such a great way to put it. I mean, it just seems very interesting what's going on in France at the moment. And um, very... it's just, it's interesting and nice to see people still voting uh, a particular way and not allowing fear to take over and because some of the stuff Le Pen like said and was like her stance on immigration and stuff like that was just unbelievable like sometimes when people have those sort of opinions you don't even believe they do it they just said they're saying they have to be saying it <laughs> to get elected oh I agree with you mate sometimes I'm like you can't believe that yeah 100% you can't believe that like no I can't remember what it was but like something like she wanted to put a really hard... She had a really hard stance on immigration and how many people could come in in a year. And I was just like, there's no way you believe that. Like, someone's told you to say this because it will go over well with the people. Yeah, see, it's quite interesting, though, because I I do believe is the daughter of her father, like, who... I can't remember what his first name, but other Le Pen that won in 2000... Uh, ran in 2002, I think it was. Mm. Um against a banker, actually, that had been done for corruption. Whoa. And uh, the slogan was, vote for the crook, not the fascist. Mm. <laughs> and people voted for him on that. Um, I genuinely think that since she has been raised by a fascist, mm. she she 
lot of what she says. And when you look at the areas that backed her really, you know, powerfully. Yeah. They were um, they were very industrial times, you know, lost out from from the industrial age, everything else. Like these are people that have been left behind. Just by frustrated by people again. Yeah. But, I mean, it's 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 frustration, but they also recognise people like Macron put them in this position. Mm. It's been politicians like that, so I think like were you saying it's really good to see France and it's interesting that you know they didn't pick uh, Le Pen. I mm. think yeah, that's that's. Well, to thing, I mean, one thing I noticed is she got like over ten million votes, which is like wow, you know, to think ten million people support her her rhetoric, her thought process is just. It's crazy, and it just goes back to I feel the people that vote for these sort of people are people who are frustrated and tired and just you know feel forgotten. And even though that the person who's a fascist or thinks a certain way, like Donald Trump isn't going to do anything for the white middle class people who voted for him, but they still vote because they feel like you know Donald Trump is speaking my language. They've got no other hope. Yeah, exactly. Like Yeah. Just had no thought, and I think that's why we've got to be very careful, sort of patting ourselves on the back and going, ah, well, at least France chose the right way, because now it's about making those people that were abandoned by Le Pen mm. feel like they're included. It's about going, all right, Macron, we backed you to beat the fascists, but now we're going to hold you accountable. Mm. You're not going to get away with that stuff that Obama got away with. Yeah. We're not going to let you say that you're going to be all this progressive, and then the minute you're in, just leave you. Yeah. Agreed. Like the left has really got to stand up to Macron here and not see him as our guy because yeah. he's certainly not our guy. Like, mm. He's just not a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all I mean, I think the main thing people were in support of was the fact he didn't want to leave the EU and he made that clear. And I think a lot of people were in favour of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that actually, and being very her being um, so anti, sort of talking about taking France out of it. Mm. She was... Um, wasn't she... She wanted France to leave the EU. I think she wanted a referendum. Mm. Um, certainly wanted a referendum. She was... Now that you've said it, I think I can remember seeing headlines of talking about going back to the Frank. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's really... Yeah, maybe maybe that's the one that's saying it. Because here in Britain, we had this idea that, ha we were the first to leave, you know domino effect now. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be scary. <laughs> and you look around and everyone's like, nah. Like, Doesn't look any good. I don't think anyone like, wants the situation what we're going through now to happen to them. Like, you know, it goes back to what we were saying. Just this instability, you don't know what's going on. Um, You know, this snap election is a horrible idea. But it's, um, I don't think other people wanted that for their country. And I think people yeah. may have seen what was going on here and thought, you know, maybe leaving the EU isn't necessarily the best option. Yes, the EU has problems, but I'd rather try and fix it within than um, leave it. Yeah, Joe, maybe that's what it is. People actually had the lessons of seeing what it would like to have a Trump elected mm. and a Brexit go through. Yeah. Like, people actually saw what it was like, and now it's quite, like, frustrating. Like, when you speak to European friends, it's almost like we're a bit of a laughing stock. Mm. 
Like, it's a bit embarrassing now. Like, I mean, I speak to, like, German friends, and they used to always say, like, you know, we we like to look at your sensibility. Like, the British and the Germans always thought, like, the same way. They were very practical, very economical, very thingy. And they're like, it's just madness. It's yeah. the most un-British thing to have done. It's just not thought through. It's not anything. Um, yeah. And maybe that's what led to France just being like, you know what? No chance. We're, we're 100% staying in. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just, it's just shocking uh, that you know this is where we're at now. Um, but I think I'm happy Macron won, and I think it's that like what he said. Uh, we you just have to hold him accountable and not let what's happened previously, and make sure you know to in order to avoid the trumps of the world gaining more power in other countries, we just have to make sure the people who do feel disenfranchised and forgotten about, you know see we see to it that they're taken care of yeah i mean it's, it's it's almost mad because the thing that we were talking about before even in in the council election is that's the mm. exact same thing that's happening like we said in in scotland there yeah. were these people that backed me saying it was a very pro-unionist vote but there was these people in one of the poorest areas of paisley yeah and they voted for the conservatives and you you're almost scratching your head. And I know in Scotland, like, the S&P is a lot more controlled, but still it's, it's the Tories over, you know, still a fair few of our laws. Yeah. For someone to see a party that so-called represents them, but in every single way doesn't, but yet still votes for them, it, it's like... It's just, yeah, it's mind-boggling, you know, because traditionally, the people who are in desperate need and feel disenfranchised Labour would be the party for them, at least the policies that Corbyn's put in place and put forward for the general election, that's the people you'd think would vote, they would vote for him, but they're, yeah. they're voting the complete opposite way and you just can't get your head around it and you don't know why. Like, you know, yeah, it goes I, back I to like why we couldn't it. come up for a reason as to why the council elections went the way they did. <laughs> it might have turned on his head who knows I fear mate honestly where's Vladimir Putin to infiltrate an election <laughs> well didn't May felt like you know um, the EU was getting involved and in trying to scare people into voting a particular kind of way and then she done it she hasn't she, she it, said in the morning I'm not going to get essential paraphrasing here I'm not going to get involved in a shout match with Brussels and Brussels gossip everything else just leave it be we had a wonderful dinner everything else and then literally eight hours later you were in front of 10 Downing Street on your little podium <laughs> telling the whole country that they were trying to infiltrate the election like what makes no what sense what happened to it being a nice dinner and you're not going to get involved in gossip she has nothing to worry about either I think it's a foregone conclusion I don't think they're going to be confusing anyone, especially after the results of the uh, local election. I mean, we could be horribly wrong in a few weeks and be discussing Jezza's Prime Minister, but I just can't see that happening. <laughs> mate, I would love it. See if he becomes Prime Minister, mate. Stormzy <laughs> has got to perform at that Labour convention. Like. <laughs> and the crime artists there, mate, they helped us get there. Like. Yeah, for sure. Stormzy, if Jezza wins. Yeah, mate. Did you see this article? Uh, Storms are getting interviewed by 
No, I didn't. That's interesting. What did he have to say? Um, said uh, who was it? Was it something Goldstein or something that ran in London? Was it Goldsmith or something? Or potentially, yes. He ran. He ran against Sadiq Khan anyway. Mm. Um, and Stormzy was calling him a waste man. <laughs> um, started talking about like Jeremy Corbyn, my man, like everything like that. Like he knows who the people are on. Like I, mm. like I dig Jeremy Corbyn, everything else. Uh, like you should find him, mate. Something Guardian. Um, obviously, the first part of the article is all about his music career and stuff like yeah. that. But I mean, you will see a lot. There's quite a fair few grime artists out there now backing Corbyn. Yeah, well, I wish we had he more. He actually has the pop culture. <laughs> I wish we had more. Um, it was more of a big deal, like in America, how celebrities really get involved in the elections and give their opinions. We don't get that so much here. I'd love to hear what Ed Sheeran would have to say. Ah, it would be good to like. I mean, I'd almost think that you would within time. Mm. But it's just that right now, no one's really taking time out of their schedule because it's like what six weeks to an election. Yeah, like celebrities probably don't have the time to get involved in this. But I mean. Yeah, it'd just be nice to see it, like, because, you know, the American election is so sensationalised and, you know, people, you get celebrities like Beyonce backing Obama and stuff like that. It'd be yeah, interesting to that, see how man. it'd work here. Sack that, man. I do not want, like, say, Blimmin, I don't know, Little Mix coming out and being, giving me their opinion on Blimmin <laughs> economic policy. I don't want like. to hear what Little Mix have to say about... <laughs> About politics, but there's certain politic, um, you know, people of influence. I would be interested I mean, what to. What does Beyonce know about politics more so than me and you? It's a fair point, but she used her influence, you know, to. It's just in, I'm just interested in to see how people think and how they vote, especially people yeah. that you listen to, or you know, if it's not in their music necessarily, or you know, even just actors who might be. Um, just interesting to see how they feel, really. How yeah. does Christian Bale feel about uh, uh, Theresa May or Jezza, you know? See, I, I think you're right as well, but like even, even with me bringing up that Stormzy point there, we we do risk almost getting into this pariah worship kind of thing. Where, yeah, oh which plays God, out in America. Musicians voting Tory, so I'm going to vote Tory. Or like, yeah, 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 I know, you know I know. My favourite actors voting this, so they're so smart. I'm going to go and vote this. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, People have the right head on their shoulders, and yeah, I'd agree with you, but it seems like we just make the wrong decisions all mm. the time. <laughs> Still be interesting to see, though. Ed Sheeran, if you're listening, please, I want to know what you think about um, the upcoming general election. 100%. We need to know what the Ginger Ninja is all about. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's anything else, I think those are the two main things that happened um, this week. It's always a pleasure. And I'm sure politics will spit out something interesting for us to discuss. Fingers crossed Trump does something wild so we can discuss him in the next... Not too wild. Not too like, wild. I'm not, not ready for my draft papers in the post yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, feel free to tell the people where they can find you online, Jacob. You can find me at this-perception.com. Brilliant. And you can find me on at Made in Chafford. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And what is it? Facebook is at Made in Chafford as well. So, I'd, yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, so, yeah, until next time. Uh, uh, and remember, we will be on iTunes. 
Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> we will be on iTunes. So we're making big movements, striving forward, trying to make that money. And, yeah, so until next time, uh, thanks for listening.